Good people, Tom Pullen here. This is the Bible Truth Podcast. And for those on YouTube, the School of Obedience. Hey, everybody, welcome. I never knew you. Imagine someone saying that to you. I never knew you. It's a hard saying to hear. But what was Christ talking about? Who was he talking to? What does this mean? Let's talk about it. Imagine living your whole life as a part of a family, promoting the family, promoting the family name, following family rules, and only one day to be told by the head of that family, I never knew you. That is a deep cut. Let's look at the verse and see what it is all about. Now, it says in Matthew, it says in Matthew seven twenty-one to 23, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, and in your name have cast out devils, and in your name have done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me that work, depart from me ye that work iniquity. Now, you know, this really gets me because it just shows how we can use the name of Christ to declare so many things, but people will not really know him. And I'm talking mostly about people that stand behind pulpits. How many times in our Christian living have we heard God said, and in Jesus' name this, and in Jesus' name that, and none of those things ever come to pass. I never knew you. They say we're doing things in your name, not by his name, in your name. So they're using the name of Jesus Christ to do whatever they want to do. And at the end of the day, everything they did was deception because they were not known by Christ. The first part of this perverse is so, so important. Only if you do the will of my Father will you enter into the kingdom of heaven. This reminds me of the time Christ said, Not my will, but yours be done. Even though at that time it was the will of the Father that he suffered. And just that alone shows how important the will of the Father is. So Christ to say you cannot enter into eternal life if you do not do the will of the Father. That's really important. It's something heavy to consider. And like I've told you before, you've got to take the words of Christ to heart because these words are life. You've got to take them seriously. Now listen to Mark three thirty-two to 35. And the multitude sat about him, and they said unto him, Behold thy mother and thy brethren without seek for thee. And he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brethren? And he looked around about on them which sat about him and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. Now listen to this. Listen to this. This is, this is Christ talking, okay? This is not Paul talking. It's, it, it's not me. It's, this is Christ himself talking. Listen to this. For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. What you need to see here is that what Christ says again about the will of God. First, he says, if you don't do the will of God, you can't get into the eternal kingdom. And now he says, you're only my brother 
my sister, my mother, if you do the will of God, he's putting weight on this. He's telling us how important the will of God is. And not some dreamed up nonsense, the for real, for real will of God. Are you doing the will of God? Are you seeking to do the will of God? Everybody out there in the internet world. So according to what Christ is saying in these two verses, if I do the will of God, I will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And if I do the will of God, I'm considered by Christ family. So what is the will of God? Because I want to do the will of God. I mean, for somebody out there listening to this and you're thinking, hey, how can I please God? I want to live a life that's pleasing to the Father. I want to know Christ more. And all of a sudden, these two verses make you realize that just by doing and being in the will of God, you can be close to Christ. And not just be close to Christ, but enter into the eternal kingdom with him. I want to do the will, but what is it? So let's see what the Bible says about the will of God, because that's the only way we are going to get truth is from Scripture. Remember, no assumptions, no speculations, no added revelation, which is actually manipulation of Scripture, just Bible truth. What does the Bible say? Is it something I can know? Is it something secret? Is it something that's revealed to me on a day-to-day? -day? Let's get into the Word. For a basic definition, okay, before we get into Scripture, God's will is something that God wants to happen, and we can choose to do His will or not. Remember Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane? He chose God's will over His own. Let's read that in Matthew 26, 39-42. And He went a little further and fell on His face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples, and findeth them asleep. And he said unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. And I want to just say this. That is something so important to take note of right there. Watch and pray so that you do not enter into temptation. So many people are struggling out there in the world today, being overcome by sin, by the desires and the wishes of the flesh, being overcome by addiction. And you're watching these 10 steps to overcome addiction, 10 steps to be right with God. And Christ is giving you a way out here. Watch and pray. And when you do that, you will not enter into temptation. I love that. Anyway, the Spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, this is the part, listen to this. Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Now, you must remember, he just came from saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So he's saying, if this cup is going to pass from me, it's got to be your will, not my will. Because remember, Jesus was about the Father's business constantly, on a daily, 24-7. He was about the Father's business. In about three, in approximately three and a half years, Jesus made such an impact because he was always about the Father's business. We have this idea that I'm going to do what I want to do and God's going to bless it. And every time we think something's going to benefit us, we say God is in it. But Jesus was about to die on the cross, and he said, God is in it. I want you people to understand something. Not everything 
wonderful for the flesh is good for you. And not everything that is, what can I say, suffering for the flesh is bad for you. Being in the will of God is always the right place to be. A lot of the time we look at a situation and we see that there's benefit in that situation. And we say, I think that's what God wants. I think God is telling me that I must go for that. We always look at that. And that's not the way God's will works. You've got to trust me on this, people. It's not always the way God's will works. The enemy will deceive you into falling into his traps, the wiles of the enemy, the strategies and the traps of the devil, because you look at God's will as benefiting the flesh, and God's plan is greater than your flesh, than, than should I say, than pleasing your flesh. Another thing that I want you to notice, when Christ teaches us to pray, one of the things mentioned is that we must ask that God's will be done. He said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in earth. So, sorry, as it is in heaven, so in earth. So you see that you acknowledge God, you acknowledge the supremacy of God, you acknowledge the supremacy of his kingdom, and then straight after that you say, thy will be done. The way you have said it must be in heaven, let it be so here on the earth. And that's not always about your prosperity. That's not always about your breakthrough, your money. No, 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 no. It's about God's will. You are at your richest and most successful point in life when you are walking perfectly in God's will. Okay, so what is the will of God? How do I get to know the will of God? Before we read some verses, there are two words I want you to know. And if these two words are a part of who you are, it will be absolutely easy for you to walk in the will of God. If you apply these two words to your daily, to your relationship with God, to how you serve God, it will be so simple for you to walk in the will of God. The two words are worship and obedience. Boom, right there. Two of the most amazing, most powerful words you'll ever hear as a believer. Worship and obedience. Right there, I've just given you the formula to walking in the will of God. Worship and obedience. Greatest formula you'll ever hear. Worship and obedience. Say it back to yourself. Think it in your mind. Remember it. When you read the Bible, worship and obedience. When you get down on your knees to pray, remember, worship and obedience. When you're thinking of Christ and the words that he said, worship and obedience. Beautiful stuff. In worship, you acknowledge who God is. You acknowledge that he's in control of everything. In worship, you surrender to God totally. Worship shows you understand who God is. Worship is placing yourself in surrender before God, acknowledging the supremacy of God by giving yourself over to God and paying homage to God in understanding of who God is. God is a creator, so I worship him as my creator. God is holy, so I worship him as a God who is holy. And there is no other who is holy besides God. I'm not holy, you're not holy, only he is holy. And the only way I can experience holiness is by being in Christ, in him, in God. You see, that's what worship does. Worship understands that God has created everything for his pleasure and we are subject to his will. And in obedience, through your understanding of God in worship, 
your obedience then subjects your life to act on that understanding. So worship is done through a place of faith and understanding who God is, believing in, in, in His existence, believing in His Word, trusting in Him, and all that. And obedience is then acting on that understanding. You willingly and knowingly subject yourself to the Word, the instruction of that God whom you worship. And in doing so, you are then living the will of God in Christ. I hope you're understanding. If not, hit me up in the comments. Say, Don, I don't understand what you're saying. Let's talk about it. I want to look at some people, just one or two examples who were given to the will of God. Now remember, simply put, the will of God is what God wants to be done. And we are subject to that because we understand that He controls everything and we have no power over anything. All power belongs unto Christ. Remember what people call the Great Commission. Christ says, All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Go ye therefore into all the world. You see that? He doesn't say, I'm giving you power. He doesn't say, I'm handing over power to you. He says, it's all given to me. So I'm sending you to do my bidding. So first of all, when we talk about people who were in the will of God, I have to talk about Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane again. We just read that earlier, where he declared, not my will, but yours be done. Christ walked in the will of God without doubt, without reservation, and without holding back. That's the number one person who walked in the will of God. And then there's David. When you read in Acts 13, 36, this is what it says about him. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid to his fathers and saw corruption. How did David serve his own generation? Because he pushed hard? No. Because he was determined? No. It was the will of God that David would reign as a king and serve his generation and serve his people. Remember, God chose David. He says, I found my own king. And it was God's will. To an extent, a lot of people view David as somebody unqualified. But God's will must be done no matter what. I hope you see that. And then one more person who's very common to the modern day church, and that's the Apostle Paul. Paul, listen to this. This is, easy. This is how he introduces himself. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. That's Ephesians 1.1. 1, 1. How is Paul an apostle? By the will of God. So those are three good examples of people living subject to the will of God. These are examples of three men that served in their time according to the will of God. Now, let's look at what the will of God is, because the Bible does have some examples. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. Furthermore then... We beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, ye would abound more and more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. So he says, we've taught you how to walk and how to live a life that's pleasing God, and we want you to abound in this. You know what we instructed you because this is the will of God and this is for your sanctification that you should abstain from fornication. Okay, and then we go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 to 18. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, 
for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So in the first verse, he's saying walk in obedience to the command, this is the will of God. Now he's saying pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So the will of God is for you to be holy and pure and walk in obedience. The will of God is for you to pray without ceasing and give thanks in everything, in all situations and at all times. Give thanks because you trust in the Lord. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 to 15. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors or unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. So submit yourself to the laws of the land, basically, to your leaders, because the laws will punish evildoers. Okay, this is the will of God. And then Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God. Believe on him who he hath sent. So believe in, in Jesus Christ, and this is the work of God. You want to do God's work? Believe in Jesus Christ. Trust in what Christ is saying. Trust in who Christ is and follow after him. So from these verses, we get the general idea. Obedience to the word of God is doing the will of God and also surrendering to your every action to God. Let me put, this, let me put it this way. Living in absolute obedience to the Bible and submitting all you do to the obedience of the word and God's direction is walking in the will of God because that's the base for you. The Bible is the only way God can constantly communicate with you. You understand? So you, for you to be in the will of God, number one, you have to be in the Bible. You have to always be reading the Bible, meditating on Scripture, looking to obey Scripture. You can't tell me that, no, I don't obey Scripture, but God is working in my life. People... One of the things that we have to practice as believers is being honest with ourselves. That's one of the things we have to really, really practice. We have to be honest with ourselves. You know, this of trying to be spiritual or trying to justify our decisions. You're not praying. You're not reading the Bible. You're not, you don't care about Christ. You're not practicing traditions of our faith. And you're just living and then, oh, I'm, I'm in God's will. God is leading me right now. No, he's not. Yes, sometimes God gives us grace and nudges us so that we don't fall into temptation and destruction. But a lot of the time we choose to do our own thing and then we put that on God. It's not right. Listen to this in First Peter chapter 3 and verse 17. For it is better if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. You see that? Did you hear that? It's better if the will of God be so. If it is God's will that you suffer for well-doing, it's not just about suffering for doing good, but if it's the will of God that you suffer for doing good. Even the good that we do must be subject to prayer, must be subject to God's plan and God's will. Listen to 1 Peter 4.19. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God Commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. According to the will of God, even in difficult times, your life has got to be subject to the will of God. I, I hope you're understanding this. 
everything we do when we pray, we pray subject to the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit is the only one that knows and understands the will of God. The Bible says He makes intercession for us because He knows the will of God. So even when you pray, don't pray in the flesh. Pray subject to the Holy Spirit so you know that you are going to pray according to the will of God. Live in the will of God. Be directed by the Holy Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Be under the leadership, the supervision, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And that's simply being in the Word. Just quickly here, the beauty of doing God's will. Listen to this. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God lives forever. That's First John 2.17. Are you in the will of God? One of the things that we should fear the most in our lives is making a move outside the will of God. Because imagine making a decision that is not in line with God's will and you stay on that path for 20, 30 years and in that time you are out of the will of God. My prayer for you is that you remain in God's will. My prayer is that you understand obedience to the word because the word will guide you in his will. Let every decision, every hope, every plan, because yes, man plans, but it's only the Lord that establishes. My prayer for you is that the will of God rain down on your life. Let me tell you this, believer. Let me tell you this. The safest place you can be is in God's will. Right now, you can be living in Ukraine in the heat of the battle, but the safest place you can be is in God's will. You can be safest there in the midst of a war than a man who is sitting underground in a bunker outside of God's will right now. You have to pray, Lord, let your will be done. You have to pray, Lord, lead me, teach me. You have to surrender to the Spirit, to the Bible. I'm going to say that again. The safest place you can be right now is in the will of God. That's the safest place you can be. If you want to start living in the will of God today, start by reading the Bible and start by obeying Him. Obeying what you read in the Bible. He says to Joshua, meditate on these words day and night so that you don't go to the left or the right, so that you don't sin, so that you can practice them. He says, and when you do that, you'll make your way prosperous. Why? Because the Word leads you in the will of God. The Word is the most important thing you have in your life right now. Look at your Bible. Hold it up. Appreciate it. A lot of people say, oh, but I pray every day. If you're not reading the Bible, if you're not practicing the Bible, you're not in the will of God. Now, these people that did many wonderful works, why were they sent away into hell? Because they did things outside of the will of God and sometimes against the word of God, which is against the will of God. And then if you notice, they said, we did things in your name, not by your name. It wasn't through Christ. It was in the name of Christ, but they got glory for themselves. They claimed to prophesy, but who got glory? It's him. Oh, prophet, oh, man of God, you're so wonderful. They claimed to do miracles, but who's got, who got the glory? Him. Oh, the man of God healed people by water from him. No one glorified God. So they were doing things outside of the will of God. Those good works that they did, yes, you can do good works outside the will of God and sometimes against the word of God. Now, let me show you something. Let me give you an example. 
Let me use giving as an example, because giving is something that is common in our society today. And talking to believers, it's common in the church today. I want to show you something about giving, how we live outside the will of God, how we live outside the word of God. And remember, when you knowingly live against the word of God, contrary to the word of God, that's the spirit of the Antichrist. Oof, you don't like that, right? You don't like that. But it's true. If you are against Christ, it's the spirit of the Antichrist. And what does the spirit of Antichrist do? It's the same spirit from the Garden of Eden. You glory in self. Watch this. Matthew 6, 1 to 4. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when you do your alms, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the street, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when you do your alms, when you give to the poor, when you help the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So your alms may be in secret, and your Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. What you don't realize, this is a command from Christ. Now what do they say in church? Those of you that are giving your tithe and your offering stand in the aisle. Some churches even go as extreme as those giving $5,000 come first, stand in the aisle, lift up your hands, lift up your offering envelope or your tithing envelope. Make sure your name is written in bold. And then when you give to the poor on the street, what are you doing? Taking pictures, telling people, ah, oh, no, I was just in town the other day and somebody came up to me and they needed bread and I bought them bread and I bought them something to slap on that bread and I bought them some milk. Here's a picture. And then we justify it by saying, I'm doing it that way so other people can see that I give and then when I'm prospering, they'll know why I'm prospering. Is that what Jesus said? How are you going to prosper? What does he say? He says, if you're doing it for man's glory, you have your reward. But if you do it in secret, God will reward you openly. So you publishing what you are doing is going against what Christ said. And that's your reward. Oh, dude, he's so good. He's such a kind-hearted person. Oh, dude, he loves the poor people. He always thinks of them. He's so amazing. He's so spiritual. He emulates the love of Jesus Christ. It's going against the word. And if you're going against the word, you're going against the will of God. So what you are doing is not the will of God. Let me say this to you. Obedience is simple. What the Bible says, do. That's it. What the Bible says, do. Okay. Obedience is simple. When you obey the word of God, you are walking in the will of God. Wow. Wow. That is so simple and that is so amazing. And it's so practical and easy to do. Think about it. Think about it. Really, really think about it. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me today for this teaching. I hope you are convicted to change. Again, God bless you. Before I go, just a big thank you to everyone supporting us on Patreon and also those that have chosen to be channel members. I should say prayerfully chosen to be channel members. A big God bless you and thank you. And for everyone who's prayerfully supporting the ministry and keeping us going, thank you. I know you've noticed that we've increased our upload times, okay? It at the moment is every three days, and that's because of the people that are backing the ministry and supporting us. So thank you very much. It is making a difference. For those who are not and would like to participate with us, 
and help us continue, please check the description in YouTube, the description here on the the description here on the podcast, and there's links in the description, and you can go ahead and head over to the Patreon page or YouTube and support us there as you are able to do. Okay, and all those watching on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe if you have not, leave a like, and most importantly, share this with as many people as you can. God bless you. Thank you so much again. This has been the Bible Truth Podcast. I've been Don Pullen, and I'm out.